So skills of relinquishment. So it's also what is to be relinquished. It's not actually um, thoughts or feelings or sensations, but the uh, identification. Um, and this identification is not, it's in some ways a simple thing, it's a particular energy of, of involvement and holding on and pushing and resisting, but it's also um, has various faces to it, you know, wishing to become, wishing to control, wishing to defend, wishing to achieve, um, and various, you know, karma that goes on with that. Skills of relinquishment are um, set out as four four stages. Viveka, which means something like non-involvement, not getting caught up in sights and sounds and thoughts and touch. It's that kind of like a with letting them pass, letting them move through, not snagging on them. Yeah, and then withdrawing, getting the, also contemplating the sense of space that can occur around that. Yeah, so this is something we need to make um, clear and uh, pleasant. So it's not uh, hostility. Shutting off, but just that non involved, not bonded to, not dependent on, not uh, bricking off, trying to shut off, but just, you know, mm-hmm. it's quite a cool, pleasant experience. Mm. Iraga, dispassion, sense of not getting so head up about things. The passion quality of our body mind gets riled up, gets fevered up, gets steamed up, gets for and against things. So viraga, the, the coming out of that, something more economous and and uh, spacious. Don't take it all so seriously. Um, you know, there's things like this all the time in the world. Recognizing we have to, you know, things can only change and move and process in accordance with Dhamma, not in accordance with our wishes or ideas. So there's a certain sense of humility that comes with that. Niroda, cessation, stopping, particular identification patterns stop, cease. Identification with form, with thoughts, feelings, identification with formlessness, with the absence of them, wanting one, wanting the other. Ceasing. So there isn't a lot of um, monologue going on around it all. And Osaga complete relinquishment of this sense of identification and being being and being something or not being something. Mm. 
So these are, this is the, as the Buddha said, all, all, of our, all of the enlightenment factors are cultivated with this in mind. So the skillful and the unskillful cultivating with this in mind. So, you know, the, the release is not good or bad. It's not, it's beyond that. No, we steer through the good and the skillful. Release is not good or bad. It's just that non, mm, there's no fire left, there's no sparks left, there's no fuel left to get, build up some sense of being around. So there are what are called two kinds of uh, uh, nibbanas or realizations or unbindings that can occur with that. One is saupadi sesa, which means with the with the um, fundamental elements remaining, the fatness, the foundation, body, mind, thoughts, feelings. But there's no there's no uh, sparks left in it. There's no fuel. It doesn't flare up. And when we contemplate the body, the thoughts, the emotions, the perceptions of selves and others, whatever, you know, that arises a functioning system. It's supposed to happen. You're supposed to be able to think <laughs> and feel and so on. But there isn't that, uh, the engagement, the sankara, is this fashioning and whirling and then the anupadi sesa is just contemplating the sense of dispassion itself or turning towards that that that, that realm, that domain, the called the deathless element. <clears throat> I was talking a bit today a bit about the um when I was at the city of 10,000 Buddhas, and at one time they were having a lot of this mantra chanting, chanting Namo Amitabha Buddha all day long. It was uh, the funeral, or the funeral set of commemorations for the Master Xuan Hua. So we'd start this at, you know, 3.30 or so, and then just go on. And so, you know, actually, by this time, I think my Thiravas is, I don't know, 18, 19 years as a monk, no, 20 years, over 20 years as a monk, you know, you you get the message, you, you, so something's going to happen, okay, no point in resisting this one, this is going to be suffering, so you, you just go with it. You get that You get that point after a while. <laughs> with Sangha procedures, you know, so, okay, guys, go with, just let go of that. And, uh, it's nice to see the mind <laughs> trained in that way, that recognizing the the, the possibility to suffer <laughs> by having an opinion or a view or something. It's okay, and then actually very peaceful because it, what it is, is actually nothing left in the mind apart from these these phrases, which are quite nice phrases. Homage to the Amitabha, the Buddha, the boundless light, the radiance, the Blessedness, you know, it's good enough thing to think. Better than a lot of things, I think. <laughs> it's only, you know, you know, got no problem with that, really. 
you know, if you want to make something, who is Amitabha Buddha and where's that anyway and why are we paying homage to it and what's all this about and what's this doing for the world and why am I wasting my time? If you want to make a thing out of it, then yeah, you can know, you, it can be a problem. But just as a series of phrases with a kind of sanya of, of respect and revering blessedness, yeah, you know, okay. So it's, so you see that you can have this thought running and it was used with the thought, the mantra running, and still this feeling of of release because you're not making anything out of Amitabha Buddha or speculating on it or quarrelling with it. This is Mahayana. What's this got to do with me? You know, this isn't you know, or, or anything like that. This is sound sanya perception. What's a skillful sanya? Homage is skillful. Buddha is skillful, Amitabha, I think I can stretch to that one, boundless light, radiance, yeah, okay. It's just that, isn't it? You're leaving it as a kind of a, 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 perce- a perception. We don't have to bind it into, into something else. Where is Amitabha Buddha? Who was his mother? Where did he live? You know, he's kind of trying to bind it into another something beyond what it is, it's perception. Mm-hmm. Perception, listening to the, the sanya of that, and just letting the rest of the density of, of one's world, just letting it pass by, putting it away. It. And then the result is a certain sense of a, an open heart, quite devotional. But then you take it the wrong way, you know, you think this is not historical, um, this is, you know, what's the point of this? It, the whole thing messes up, really, because we, we think it just as a, a skillful perception to pass through the mind and listen to. There's breathing in and breathing out, similar. Does you good. Lions do it. Whales do it. It keeps them going. And so it's not, uh, so it's just that. I think the Buddha uh, picked upon it because it does have a good effect on the body. We're going to be doing it anyway. So could it be something that, you know, you, you kind of, Get some balance around because it does, it does govern the energy systems in the body and the emotions. And it's everybody's got one. You don't have to find it; you don't have to believe in it. It's not only, it's not only Buddhists have it, but depraved drug addicts have it. You know, depraved Buddhists have it. <laughs> Good and bad have it. So it's it's kind of non-denominational. Ecumenical, universal, does you good. And it happens, you don't have to really do breathing. Like even with a mantra, you have to bring it to, to bring it to your mind. But after a while it starts to happen normally, but breathing is there all the time. So can we just be with that? Mm-hmm. Naturally, it does, you know, all our stuff gets around that, trying to make something of it or... This hold it tightly or not being interested in it, wandering off. 
And then, then around that, the identification with succeeding, not succeeding, got to get it right, how long is this going to take, what's the point of this, is there something else I could be doing? And that's the stuff that you want to just kind of acknowledge, and it's like you know, letting this stuff swirl around and, and the dispassion towards all that, letting it kind of empty out. <clears throat> Through non engagement with all that stuff that it brings up. How do we do that non engagement? Well, simply speaking, if you, if you, for example, just you use the breathing so that your mind spins off into these particular patterns or habits, there's a moment at which you, you recognize what's going on. That again is 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 a given. May not be immediate, but it, once you set up the idea of being mindful or attentive to something, then you know there's a moment when you realise you're not there anymore. That's the moment. It's a very useful moment because it just happens, and then we will linger in that moment of awakening, realisation. Just as the sense of waking or realizing. And we get these experiences a lot of the time, that flash, that moment of getting it. But then the, the, uh, <clears throat> we, we tend to then add a lot of thoughts to that. Or judgments about where we've been or so forth. We're just trying to keep that moment quite, quite naked, quite bare. You get it, get the feeling of getting it. Photograph that experience, how it feels in your in your face, in your eyes, in your nerves. When you oh, suddenly the the push, the pressure, the driving, struggling, it stops, and oh, that's that's the pressure space. Then try to feel how you're breathing from there. And that's a, uh, that's a kind of simple one model of that. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's uh, non-involved, it's dispassionate. Lots of things stop at that moment from momentarily stopping, your wheels aren't turning, you're just in this kind of free fall openness. And then there's that possibility of not re-engaging the old patterns, the old drives, the old energies. We begin to recognize them. I'm demanding or pushy or dreaming or you know, whatever it is. You know, to engage that, try to get re-engage from a clearer space. So there's a gradual filtering and skimming off and relinquishing. This to me is it at, at, at ground level. And you get insights or insights into into the process of how dhammas unfold. They tend to unfold as letting go 
kind of happens as you begin to experience the way that dhammas or phenomena unfold, tend to unravel. They tighten up and struggle around and they unravel. Something else comes up. The endings of things are important to witness because that's where you begin to see the or experience that sense of a particular complex or grudge or, you know, craving to sort of go, what was all that? Unwinds, unravels. When we become dispassionate towards it, no longer emotionally convinced by it or emotionally struggling with it. Dispassion, ceasing, relinquishment. Meditation is a, 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 a process which will hopefully or is intended to 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 uh, emphasize that that uh, experience because mm. it tends to happen anyway for people you know you're going along with something for a a year or something they point something and you go oh, what's all this about and you know sometimes people only do that. Once, two or three times in a lifetime. <laughs> you know, when you, suddenly you wake up. No, oh, what's going on? Meditation, you can be doing that, uh, you know, 20 times in an hour, at least. So it does, it does emphasize it because, in fact, we're not going anywhere anyway. And you're getting some close up looks at things. This is where the process, Samatha, we pass on our really occur together. So sometimes people mistake samatha for samadhi, but uh, they're not the same. Samatha, so samadhi requires both. Some, samatha and vipassana approaches. Samatha is the question or how do things settle down and the vipassana is the question, what's all this about? <laughs> you know, what's what's the... How's this screwed in? How's this nailed in? How's this got stuck? What's this... What's the solidity of this? Why, why am I making so much out of this? Why, why is this sticking into me? You know, why, what's this about? Where's the, where's the point that's holding it? Trying to be something, you know, trying to not be something, some kind of take we have towards our thoughts and feelings. Well, making a big thing out of nothing. You don't have to do that. A lot of the time we don't realize we, don't, we have this choice. You know, one of the reasons why we do suffer a lot and people don't even want to recognize that is because there isn't the understanding that there is a non-suffering. So it's a kind of denial of, of suffering. That is, I've got to do this. This isn't suffering, it's just something I've got to do. They did it to me. It's not, I'm not suffering, it's just they did this to me. I'm in, you know, I'm a passive victim of this, that and the other. 
or I'm hopeless, or I'm, you know, or um, I can't do anything about it. Obviously, some things one has got limited capacities to do anything about physical stuff, memories, other people's behaviour. But the the particular point of of that could be released is is this sticking to it, holding it, being held by it, regurgitating it, chewing it over, being spun in it. Mm. Remember, they, once they, they asked the Dalai Lama sometime if he had any, you know, memories or anything he had regrets over, and he said he couldn't think of anything he had regrets over. And they said, have you never, you know, made any mistakes? And he said, oh, yes. He said, and he remembered something he'd said or done that somebody misin- monk misinterpreted and he got himself into a state over. Sometimes it's the case, you need give a teaching and then somebody... Either the way you've expressed it or the way it was heard, somehow it got picked up in the wrong way and this person got into a bad state. So he said, So you so said, I can remember that. I can remember it, but it doesn't haunt, you know. Because you know the intention, there isn't the sense of keeping going on about it. So it's not that you don't remember it, but there isn't that shadow of of guilt or grief or doubt or despair or pressure or grudge or resentment or nostalgia or whatever it is that comes along with memory it's just a clear sanya without all the proliferation around it that is clearing papancha proliferation is is sense of what, what is, is part of what the experience of relinquishment is about. So what Papancha does is it makes solid objects out of movements, out of the movements of the mind. You know, we make into people and the past and myself. These are the Papanchas, the proliferations, the solidifying, reifying tendencies out of what are movements of emotion and impulse and perception and impression. Now it's clear that, uh, that uh, sanya remains, perceptions remain. So if we look in the you know, life of the Buddha, he remembers a lot of things. He remembered past lives. So imagine remembering all your past lives. One's bad enough. Imagine remembering the whole lot, being able to stay cool about it all. <laughs> Not getting involved. Well, this is major, isn't it? So it's clearly had the memories, the ability to recall. And, uh, you know, I can't imagine that as a little boy, everything he did was absolutely wonderful and pure. And uh, so he could certainly... He could also discern right and wrong and, and feel something firm had to be said. You know, so he wasn't just kind of spaced out all the time. He could think very clearly. Um, he didn't have a problem with thoughts. He could experience preferences, like, you know, this is a pleasant place to dwell, let me abide there. This place is noisy, let me get away from there. So he could have preferences uh, for things, states and scenarios. 
Don't want to live with quarrelling monks. The very idea of it, you know. Don't even want to go there. So definitely that that all those systems that are that we experience can be there without the proliferation, the the solidifying and the hankering and the pressures and the worries and the all that. This we have to acknowledge them as they arise. Get over it. It's like you're waking up to that. There it is. This doesn't sound very dramatic, but to to have no snagging is quite is 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 a has a powerful effect because what tends to happen is that they they don't keep arising, they fade out. You can bring things back consciously as a decision, but they're not pestering you. So the mind tends to empty because there isn't that energy of of holding it all there. Obviously with these practices then a good amount of what is is engendered is this potential we have for compassion and kindness, spaciousness, equanimity. Mm. This is where it gets engendered, not just as a as a, a as a, an idea, but really becomes a way of, of relating to our experience. Because if you don't, it's, you can be in a lot of difficulties. It's not just being blank about experience, but a sense of generating the the, the big heart, the big the called the mahachitta. And this is fundamentally through Brahma-vihara, general sense of kindness, spaciousness, you know, not blaming, wounding, criticizing, mm-hmm. enjoying the good in a quiet, reflective way, being able to be with the ups and downs of it all, equanimity, so this is make, it makes the mind great, and samadhi is also making the mind great through through getting this, like your nervous energies to unfold from being so jumpy and reactive into being more steady state. So this is like you're putting this particular stream of steady spaciousness, you know, through or in line with or anupassi. Uh, contemplating it together with the various kind of karmic formations that arise, cell formations that arise, and he starts to clean them out. It's like just kind of gently flushing things through, and it, the stuck stuff starts to loosen up. It takes a while, depending how stuck it is. A bit like colon cleansing, you know. Some things come out quick, some things take weeks to encrusted stuff to get out here we're cleaning out the long colon, long intestine of of our karma (laughs) doesn't always smell so good but uh, you feel brighter and clearer not because you've tried to be brighter and clearer but just because you've related to 
to this uh, uh, experience of selfhood in a spacious and steady way. Relinquishment. So we start to give up or relinquish the even the ideas and impressions of ourselves. Doesn't mean you don't have a personality, but a personality is something that can be, you know, clear. So it's not messing people up. <laughs> and the 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 leaning on it, the attachment to it, can relax. So then it's possible to have these upadi sesa, upadi sesa. With these elements remaining, these formations remaining, and then when you come to those, you know, points when things do stop, see, just really sense the what that what that's like, the ceasing of things, the endings of things. Just train train oneself. Train oneself to get to the endings because it's the bit. That um, generally people rush past the ending of something. You know, it's like the door closing experience. Who who stays with closing a door? Generally, you get through the door and just flick it behind or leave it open. You don't stay with it to close it. The sound of it dying, the sound of the click. And we get on, don't we? That's our tendency to get to the next. So a lot of our training is doing things like that. You know cleaning up when you go out of the shrine or not just getting up and moving off but picking your cushion up, taking it out when your blanket's up, taking, finishing it putting it out you know putting things down carefully stop pause this is momentary so you're training to lengthen attention beyond the interesting seemingly functional purpose of things to just Finishing it, feeling the sense of a day finishing or a sitting finishing or the sound of the bell fading out. Because there you, you know, it's there you get these, the more you incline that way, the more you come into those places where the, the grip loosens, the compulsion loosens, the drive loosens, the jump to the next thing pauses. So it's not really. That's the rebirth, that's the birth. The rebirth is that jump to the next thing. We're doing it all our lives. What do you think is going to happen when we die? <laughs> You're training the mind. So relinquishing the future. The next thing. Get to the end of a breath, just like it's the last breath. Don't know whether there'll be another one. Wait, see what happens. That's calming and relinquishment together. So this is a skill because, because our minds naturally do structure, do work in terms of time and 
getting on to the next thing and making things happen, fixing things, getting past one's problems, sorting one's mind out, mm-hmm. sorting out the mess. Then we realize that if we find that place where we are, you know, struggling, pushing, wishing it wasn't this way, you know, trying to get to the end of suffering, you know, it's making work and stop and get past this silly habit, then this is birth. There's still something's pushing towards the future, still not the relinquishment. So just as a little phrase, the only thing that when you're feeling yourself suffering, the only thing that has to stop is the wish that it stops. It's that wishing you could get over it. You stop that. Just relinquish that. And it starts to, that's the, that's the thread when you're, unraveling something you just only have to take one little the right thread and pull it and the rest of this complex stuff starts to unravel so with that wish that it could be another way or wish to get solved or sorted or samadhi or something just that pushing stop relax that here here we are and you'll find that awakening moment that you come back into your Meditation, breathing, your body. Oh, yeah. We don't realize that how this mind's um, structuring is structured around generating stress. So this, this is why it's such a transformation, deep transformation. It's not just doing another thing, getting good at it, but, but transforming the structuring, the program of how the mind expects or anticipates how it moves through cause and effect. We get to the ending of cause and effect. Because every effect gives rise to another cause. And then you get to the end of it. There's a kind of openness that results from that. <clears throat>